There it is. There's the bing. Welcome aboard, everybody. It is Thursday. It is heading back to the window with Scott and Scott, and I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up heading back to the window because that's what we want to do. Every time you make that bed, we want to head back to the window, even if it's virtually, Scott, even if you're just heading back to the virtual window on your phone. What's up, Michelle? Where... Michelle Ware, she is uh, she is consistently number one, Scott. I'm I'm in, I'm impressed with her organization and uh, and scheduling. Very it's better cool. organization and scheduling than what I have. I think she's probably more on time than I am most days here. So yep. congratulations, Scott. Look at this. We've got the we've got the new uh, we've not the got the new green banner up. Are you psyched? Uh, yes, we don't exactly know how that happened, but that is the color of money. So I feel like it's pretty fitting for the show. Cha-ching! T-Train in the hizzy. Welcome to the Bada Bing, everybody. Great show, The Sopranos. Have you seen the new Sopranos movie? I guess I'm really not even new anymore. Been out about a month or so. Uh, I actually did not see that, but I'm looking forward to the Gabagool. <laughs> the Gabagool. How about those Anaheim Ducks, baby? Says Zach Vaughn on Facebook, checking in. Are the ducks, dude? Quack quack, man. Quack quack. Uh, hot and cold are the ducks. That's pretty much the situation. There is all I got to say about that. Hey, while we're talking, everybody, before we get rolling here, quick reminder to give us the thumbs up while you're watching us. Let our let our let our bosses over at Winners and Winners know how much you're digging the show. So we appreciate it if you give us a thumbs up, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching uh, a couple hours later. And I've had, every once in a while, I have a comment that people can't see the feed once the live show ends. I've had, I've gone in as a viewer, I've had no problems. So if you guys have any problems, let me know. I need to know how widespread it is or if it's a something, in, I don't know. I, I need to know where the, if there's a problem, I need to know where it is and see if we can get it fixed with the tech people that Truth is, if you that. can't find it, the amount of times it gets tweeted out, either just on Twitter, you know, Facebook or any other platform, you can find it on other platforms. So even if it doesn't officially pop up in your subscription feed for some obscure reason, you can still find it if you follow us on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, Joan's in the house. What's up, Joan? Uh, Michelle, and she is, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, Scott, let's, before we go, let's do this because she's always really good about getting here first. So thoughts on the Knights, on the Las Vegas Knights tonight. Uh, as far as the Patriots over under, I did a video on that. My play of the day, uh, spoiler alert, I've got the over. So I think it's going, if you want to, if you want to take the trends and you want to play it like it has been hitting pretty much all season long, I believe the overs are two and eight on the season on Thursday night. Uh, under is certainly the, uh, is, is the play, but, and Scott and I differ on this, by the way, I believe, because I, I like the under in the game. There you go. Me. So whoever, whoever you like better for NFL, uh, that's the person you should back here. As far as the Knights, Scott, I'll let you go first on uh, LVK. Well, it's it's kind of tricky to find a lot of value on it because the line itself has Vegas at around minus 160, give or take, which does seem a bit right to me. Detroit, not a good team, been pretty bad on the road, but Vegas we know is usually very good at home. Only five and four at home this season, so they haven't been as dominant as they have been in the past. But you're looking at the recent performances. Vegas has won three of the last four, and they've played at home every game since the ninth. So they've once again been at home, no travel at all. While Detroit has been in the middle, a little bit of a road trip here. Lost to Columbus by two, lost to Dallas by three. Now they're playing against Vegas. I like Vegas here. 
Detroit's three and six on the highway. And I do think Vegas is the more talented team. Give me the Golden Knights, whether you want to take them money line in regulation, minus one and a half, maybe one and a half. I think might be a little bit closer than that. But when you're losing your last two road games by at least two goals apiece to the likes of Columbus and Dallas, and now you face off against a talented Vegas team, I got to like the Golden Knights there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure about the price. I, I just don't love laying the 160 puck puck That's line. Why like I was trying to find alternative options. Yeah, I think puck line, uh, Vegas and regulation. I said regulation. Yeah. If you want to go that route, absolutely. Browns backers in the house as uh, as he is most afternoons. Good to have you, bud. Um, Rachel, just tell me you like the Ducks tonight. I want to hear you say it. Say you like the Ducks. Quack quack, buddy. Well, Anaheim's playing Carolina. Carolina is a very, very good hockey team. But minus 155, eh? Just for you, I'll say I like the Ducks. Let's put it that say way. Say the line. Say the line. Uh, sure. Just for Zach, because he's a regular listener on Facebook. I like the Ducks. Actually, I'm going to pass, but I like the Ducks. Nathan Cernan says, good afternoon. Tuning in live from his office work party. Save a piece of cake for me, baby. Uh, all right, Scott. We talked about this. We could have we could have done a whole show on these. It was a bad night for them. We narrow we've narrowed it down. We funneled it down. We've picked the three that we think were probably the worst. By the so, way, before we get into that, uh, is it weird anytime I hear office work party, I think of the office space uh scene with the cake. No, like I think that, passing down the pieces of cake the entire time. That's no, like the only thing I picture when I think of an office work party. That's pr- that's pretty uh that's pretty accurate. Here we go, and if we don't get to it, J.C. Stone has another one. Yep, that that was one of the, oh, yes, that was one of the ones. That was left off because yep. there were really a lot to go through. Yeah, that would have made the show 90% of the time, no question about it. Here we go. That really wasn't much of an it wasn't much of an intro. It was not my up to my usual standards. Well, I interrupted you because I got the office space cake scene popped into my head. Hey, if you went up to Binghamton to play the game with the uh, municipal employees, Scott, maybe you're up there and you bet on a minus two against Columbia, you were in great shape because they led by 16 with 6.05 left in the second half. Of course, they pissed that away. Game went into overtime. Binghamton, we usually say it's not a fan of the uh, of the underdogs. It was in this case. Columbia plus the two. Yeah, they uh, ended up winning by eight. We had Binghamton minus two. Thanks for pissing away a 16-point lead with six minutes left. We appreciate you. Call the cops. Well, if you get outscored by 16 points in the last six minutes, the last thing you want is an additional five minutes. Yep. <laughs> it's usually not going to help you out. T-Train, you're but... absolutely right, by the way. Thank you very much for commiserating. We, we we may talk about that game here now. Yeah, right now. If you had the Central Michigan Ball State over 57, you had 45 points in the first half. So you were in pretty good shape. And then, well, you got some bad weather. And you had nine points in the second half. Game landed 54. All you needed was two touchdowns. Instead, can I interest you in nine points? Jesus Christ. And I and we talked about this before the show. At the end of the game, you know, you knew you were screwed. It's it's fourth and forever. Lombardi puts a pass right on the money at the goal line. It wasn't Lombardi. It was um Lombardi's on Northern Illinois. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not Lombardi for ball. Uh, the ball, the ball style. Clit. Yeah. Um. No, not Clit. That's not right. Plit. Plit. Jesus. Thank you very much. Yes, Plit. That, believe it or not, that was not planned. Put it right on the money. Right in the, one step into the end zone. Boom. And, of course, the kid drops it. So yep. that's pretty much the way that went. Uh, DeUnderman, hello. What's up, baby? 
Uh, Clippers have been good to us. Yep, riding them today, Chiz Joan. Uh, I don't know what to think of that Memphis team because I like them, but it seems like they either aren't mentally focused for half their games or they just play with their food. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Nathan Stern says New Mexico, New Mexico State beat, beat Davidson. Yeah, I forgot that was on. I, I like New Mexico State there. And, of course, now I get Utah State. I get an 8.5 when it's a 6, and now they've tied it at the halftime. So another one of my great live plays. Hey, I still got second half. I know, I know. You have LaSalle, Delaware, under 143. This is a heartbreaker, man, because Delaware trailed 70 to 69. Two seconds left. Foul on a three-pointer. Okay, guys. All we need is to make two or to make three. I would say that'd be the... uh, Or none. None is good also. Whatever. So, Scott, all you can have them do is just don't miss two of the three fucking free throws. What'd they do? They missed two of the three free throws. That's exactly what they did. They go to overtime at seventy to seventy. Yeah, you're screwed. You, you, you uh, yeah. And the game landed just to, just to stick a knife in your heart. The game landed one sixty seven. So that was that under one forty three was a distant memory. If you had Lasalle Delaware, sorry, Cali Caps. The one outcome you can't have because even if they make two, then you're fine if you just get a stop with about two seconds left, which is basically a half court heave because you can't advance the ball in college. The one thing you can't have is a tie game. Yep. One of three free throws. Yep. Come on, guys. That's uh, T Train says he got no play today. He didn't like the card. I don't. Uh, I don't blame him. By the way, well, Brown's backer had the type of day that I kind of wish that I had, just because not uh, just going eleven and thirteen. I know he ended up making some units, but the fact that he played twenty four games, it was one of those days where I felt like I had a good read on basically everything, but I straight up did not play enough games because everything I leaned to won. I had a good game anyway. I had a good day anyway. I won my play of the day. I won the farm play, which we'll talk about. But still, I feel like I could have won a lot more had I just, I don't know, fully invested in everything I liked yesterday. You know, it was one of those. Yep, I agree. I, I was I just the same way. I hit I hit both premiums with the farm, obviously. Uh, the only thing I missed was the with the the over in the uh, in in the game we just talked about. That was ridiculous. So. A uh, good day, and again, didn't play enough. All my leans pretty much were right where I wanted them. Nathan, to be, so. don't fall for the trap. It's the blue hose in basketball. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. It's a trick. They they play unders in basketball. Don't fall for it. All right. So the opposite, Scott. There was some good news out there. Let's find out who was one of those people that were lucky enough to be sitting in the rocking chair today. So looking at the rocking chair, if you had Army plus two and a half against Merrimack, all dressed in black. You had a nice winner because they led by 19 at the half, one by 23. Is that a thing? Is it is that a line from a something? Merrimack, uh, all dressed like, in black? It's like the hand game, like Miss Merrimack, all dressed in black, something, something, something. You know what I'm talking about? The hand game? Yeah, like the, the kids when they used to like tap hands with like some that's a thing no i was like playing i was up. playing soccer or or football when i didn't apparently that, you were fucking sitting around it. doing that i get what you don't know what i'm talking about do you know how to are you you're talking about with the with the paper things where you make the 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 four no, corners I'm about and... like an actual like hand clap thing with somebody else that's oh, a thing okay it's like it's like high low piccolo it's like one of those no what don't worry about oh, it man just Jesus. don't just don't worry about it man Fine. it's like patty Cake, thank you, Zach. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yes, patty cake. I get that. Thank you. Uh, Wizards. It's like Horn- the same thing. It's it's like a it's a deviation of of patty. You're cake. a fucking deviation. If you had Wizards Hornets under two twenty and a half, three quarters, less than forty five points. Three quarters, all had less than forty five points. Scott, you're know you're in good shape. 
and you were. The game landed 184. That's uh, that's solid right there. When three three quarters are going to come up less than 135, you got to figure your 220 is probably pretty good, and it was. And looking at the last one, if you had a Lipscomb plus a nine and a half who, or the money line who against Dayton, I mean, who didn't? I mean, come on, the Flyers. Come on, they're they're playing on the ground. Uh, Lipscomb led by 10 points at the half, won by 19 outright. So if you ended up having Lipscomb plus the nine and a half, you had a nice easy winner. Yeah, you did. You had a nice easy winner in DD do. Um, all right. So there was some drinking last night with the odds maker, Scott. There, uh, well, there was one game that was so disgusting that I hope both teams burn the footage. <laughs> You know, you think this team just plays horrible, horrible football, but you'd be wrong because they also play horrible, horrible basketball. Scott, I may need to be drunk after this, but let's find out why the oddsmakers were drunk last night. I'll let you have the honors. So there was a game between VCU and Vanderbilt yesterday, and the total in that game was 133. Now, both of us, I know, like the under, because VCU scored 44 points against Wagner earlier in the year, so we like the under, but that's the wrong banner. But looking at the actual matchup itself, totals 133. Each half had less than 46 points. The game landed 85, and no Virginia did not get subbed in at the half. This was a non-Virginia total of 85. Apparently, if your school's name begins with a V, you cannot score. Yes. Is that a, is that a fair is that a fair rule? You can make the argument because we have three cases for the last couple of days on teams that start with the letter V that cannot score. Unbelievable. And this game had 85 points. When you miss a total by about 48. You're going to end up on the on the odds makers or drunk segment. Yep, you absolutely are. Absolutely are. All right. Um, before we start capping, let's do this because uh, this one I thought was going to break my heart, but it didn't. It, we ended up being. My, my friend being okay. texted me with action on the same thing, saying, I can't believe I'm about to lose by a hook. I'm like, you got a shot here. Don't worry about it. Nah, but you're talk good. About it. You're good. Let's find out who was the gambling hero of the day. So if you had Northern Illinois last night, some semblance of uh, give or take a point, point and a half, maybe two, you're in great shape. They had a 14-point lead there in the second half. They ended up blowing that. Buffalo came back. Illinois drove it down the field, took the lead, couldn't punch it in, get the touchdown. They took a three-point lead against the total. Uh, against the wind, by the way, what was what was the total? Total was fifty one and a half. That's right. The total was sitting at fifty one. That's right. About two minutes to go. That's right. Total was fifty one and a half. Illinois kicked the field goal to make it fifty one. All they have to do is stop Buffalo. That's it. Ball game's over. Buffalo converts. It's with about four, with about four minutes left. They go for a fourth and eight from their own thirty. I was surprised they did it. They had three timeouts. I thought they would actually kick the ball with the wind and try to hold it. Northern Illinois. They didn't. They made the right play. They went for it. They had the sack. Quarterback wiggled out of the grasp, 
and was able to complete the ball first down, keep the drive going. But Scott, after that, that was about the last pass pass they throw on that drive. They were content to move the ball the game. to move the ball down the field about 25, 30 more yards. And they set up to kick a game tying 55-yard field goal. Now, if you watched that game last night, it was a wind game. Scott, one side had the wind blowing in, in its favor, one side had it blowing against it. So uh, it was a huge difference. There was an early field goal of 42 yards that actually fell short. The kid, you know, nailed it, and it was just blown down by the wind. So th- this is going the other way. He's got the wind behind him, 55 yards. It's in his distance. He's a good kicker. But still, it was a kind of a swirling wind. It wasn't blowing exactly front to back, or back to front, as the case would be there. But anyway, you know how this story ends. Uh, he makes it. Northern Illinois has a chance to come down. They drive the ball down. They have a shot to win it with one second left. They try to kick a 38-yarder, something in that neighborhood. Uh, Kid gets it up in the wind. It blows out of there. It's no good. So they go to overtime. And uh, Well, this is for Gambling Hero. So the hero was the... I'm just telling the story. So Oh, yeah. So the kid kid kicks a 55-yarder with the wind. It, it, the game over. it ties the game. It goes over over time. Yeah. to send the game over. Yeah, That's I know. I know. I'm just. I'm trying not. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting involved in the. Minutia. It was a hell of a game. It I'm, was. I'm just saying, for the gambling <laughs> hero aspect of it, all that mattered was the damn field goal at the end to send it over. Because you know, even though Northern Illinois drove it, missed the field goal, went to overtime, they would have just taken knees had he missed the kick. So. He made it. Game went over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The game was that was that was absolutely the game. So uh, everybody out there is like, yeah, wake me when he gets to the point of gambling hero. So yeah, sorry, sorry, I got lost in the weeds there, kids, because uh, it was it was a hell of a finish, and it usually is the kind of game that goes our the other direction. We also disagreed a little bit about the play calling for Buffalo. How do you settle for a fifty-five yard field goal? I get you have a backup quarterback who you don't trust, right? You're really just going to play for the 55-yarder when you pass the 40? Yep. Can you try? Arkansas was the honorable mention, by the way, Lawrence, for the fourth call the cops that game against Northern Iowa because they were down one with three to go. Spread was 12 and a half, and they ended up covering and winning by 13. So that was the honorable mention call the cops. That was the fourth one. Yeah, well, that that Stanford game, too, that was the other. That Stanford uh, one's a bad one, too. You could have had the Bulls against the – trailblazers got outscored by 20 something in the fourth but in the second half i mean but yeah for the actual gambling hero it's the buffalo kicker agreed uh it's uh somebody asked what's in my cup it's it's always it's tea i'm not if i mm-hmm. i dude if i start drinking if i started drinking at whatever 219 my time here it'd be a, a long fucking day there might be other things inside the tea but the base <laughs> drink is the tea there's not um you know i always I used to work when I when I was I worked like uh, two to ten, and we'd go dinner break would be about six. Sometimes we'd have a pitcher of beer, and my God, the the last four hours would just drag. You know, even though you're not you're not drunk, but you got a nice little buzz. You got that nice little buzz where you just kind of want to keep it going, but you got to go back to work. And yeah, it was yeah, I hated it. Well, it would have been easier had you not had the entire pitcher. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, got payday and can finally indulge in college basketball again, sir. All right, well. Glad to hear it. I hope we can hit some we can hit some winners here. Uh, what's everybody else looking at, Scott? Let's uh, let's start off here. Anything in the, anything in the world of hockey? It's a big slate tonight. Anything catch your eye as far as hockey goes? 
I'm looking at the Rangers getting plus money against Toronto. I know that the Rangers on the road have not been great this season. That Toronto has been playing better lately. I don't think Toronto should be minus 170. I think that these teams are closer than the odds actually indicate. Now, Toronto could easily win the game, and you might end up losing anyway. But I do think that minus 170 does sound a bit rich. The Rangers have been playing good hockey. What do you think? That seems like that line should be closer to around 140. Yeah, me. I think I think these are they're two teams that are they're pretty evenly matched, um, especially as if you look at the, if you look at the peripherals and you look at their records. I think that's a little too steep. I think there is value on the Rangers at about plus 155, 160, depending on what you're what you're getting it at. Um, I'm looking at Tampa Bay laying a short price to uh, to Philly on the road. Uh, I think this Philly team. I just haven't I haven't been impressed so far. Tampa Bay seems to be finding their mojo a little bit. I think you're getting a good price minus 125. What do you think there? Uh yeah, Tampa Bay after a, a relatively slow start has been really good for the last couple of weeks if not a month already. Philly's been a, a pretty solid team, but we know Tampa's the more talented team. That does seem a little bit short on the price. Agreed. I don't mind the under in that game. Okay. Uh I like I like that as well. Yeah, I'm taking. We got to talk about the obvious play, by the way. Columbus in regulation against Arizona. I know Columbus isn't good, but Arizona stinks. Uh, Roland's taking Arizona Coyotes uh, minus or under two and a half team goals. Yep, I don't hate that. They can't score. Columbus is a team that might not be good, but they're definitely more talented than Arizona. If you've just faded Arizona every single game, you've made a pretty fair share of money. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no question. And just just disregarded the price. Scott, you know, you always hear people joke about it, saying losers pay juice. Is that something that you should consider? I think it matters when it comes to shopping your lines because that's why I always preach it on my show and how even if it gets a little bit redundant and how I constantly mention it's available at this here, 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 and here, Right. but I saved half a point or I saved an extra 15 cents, they add up. Yeah, I would. So, I would say. I, I would say losers pay retail. If I was, yeah. If... Now you can make an argument that maybe for some props or for some games that you think minus two seventy five, minus three hundred, and it should be minus eight hundred, you can find some serious value even with decent juice. But when you're talking about simply just taking a little bit of effort and finding a bet that you like at minus two hundred and finding it at minus one fifty then you just make more money long term. Yeah, well, and it's all about it's it's all about the the probability because you know, as as we've talked about before, if you've got if you're at minus 110, you've got you have to hit 52.38% of your bets to be profitable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so it goes up exponentially the more you pay. So you've got to have a higher percentage. So in other words, if you're if you bet minus one eighty, you have to win a lot more than fifty two percent in order to be. If profitable. you're hitting, and this is just the simple math on this. If you're hitting, if you're betting minus one fifty, you've got to hit it three out of five times. You got to hit it. You got to hit sixty percent of those bets. So you have to factor that in as far as the juice goes. If you think, if you think something has a fifty five percent chance of winning, and you're laying minus one forty, that's going to be a losing proposition. So it's definitely something that you have to. Uh, have to uh, take a look at and factor in factor in as far as the price. But you goes. can find value on some games anyway, whether you like, for example, the Patriots tonight at minus 275 on the money line. And you think that if they would play 10 times, New England would probably win 
nine of these times, if that's just your opinion on the math, then you think the line should be a lot higher than minus 275. Now, I know you would, you like, personally, you would, you would play a single game parlay there or a single game teaser. You would, you would tease the Patriots down to a half and the total to 53, right? Yeah, I would. I would, t- I would play the under with the Patriots, but another example is the Warriors. Of course, I ended up taking them as my play of the day with the uh, minus the points. But if you look at the money line, they're around like minus 400. That means that if you had to do the math on that, if these teams as of right now with all the injuries that Cleveland has, if they would play 10 times, would Cleveland win a game with this roster? Well, that's what that's what they that's what they're saying that they think the odds of that happening are very are, are very slim. I mean, that's The point is they're slim, but you can make an argument that the minus 400 favored Warriors should really be minus six, seven hundred because Cleveland's playing a back to back with really no talent on the active roster. Well, at minus four hundred, obviously you're implying that they win four out of five times. Yeah. And you're saying they probably they might win one out of ten. I'm saying they would win four out of four times. Well, <laughs> I no, I mean win five out of five. I mean the other side. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, correct. I, I'm saying if they would play ten times with these active rosters, I'm not sure if Cleveland would win a game. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's so yeah, you're getting you're getting a good price here. So sometimes So you can find value with huge money line favorites, but the point is if you have the choice of saving an extra couple of cents just by comparing books on the same bet, then if you're gonna be you're gonna be making more money long term. Well, we did the same thing with the Rosarena where we laid minus two seventy five. I said straight up it was free money. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was because he was about a ninety seven, ninety eight percent chance to win. The second favorite was Wanda Franco, who came in third. Yeah. You know, you know, so, value there. Um, let's talk about this college game. Louisville looked really good last week against Syracuse. That, they kind of that kind of jumped up and surprised me. I thought I thought Syracuse would have something for them. They had nothing for them. Uh, they're laying twenty now to twenty and a half to Duke tonight, Scott, uh, up there in Durham. How do you feel about that? Well, you know that I've been a huge fan of Cutcliffe the whole year, right? Yeah. Ever since I took Charlotte money line in the first game of the season, absolutely. I. I really think that Duke's a terrible football team. They have been a lot better at home than on the road, and they probably should have covered against Pittsburgh. It ended up not working out because Pittsburgh scored a couple of touchdowns late, scored 50-something points. But Duke's offense actually looked decent down the stretch at home. On the road, this Duke team's useless, but at home, occasionally they look okay. The question is, do you think Louisville has a letdown spot? Because we know if Louisville shows up with even 85% focus, they should roll because Duke is one of the worst teams in the ACC. Now, do I want to lay 20-something points with this Louisville team on the road? Not really, but I hate this Duke team. I think I'd probably go over or pass. I'm looking at a total here. This Duke team, they they are, they are, um, they're like KU bad. They have lost 11 straight in the ACC. Yeah. They've been outscored by 28 and a half points in those 11 games and uh, nine of the 11 games have been decided by 21 points or more. It ain't good. Uh they've been outgained in that stretch 511 to 199. I kind of have to have a little bit of a hesitation when it comes to factoring in what the spread should be because Duke might be missing Holmberg with the rib injury right. and he's, I don't know he's if he's going to play time. or not. Right. Yeah. And of course if you compared him to the backup, he's significantly better than the backup. Duh. So backup I think if he's not going to play, good. yeah, then I'm I'm going to feel worse about my total over if home if Holmberg's not going to play. 
So I don't mind the Louisville team total over this Duke team defensively is just a waste of space. Okay. Yeah. I, I have, I have nothing good to say about this Duke team. There's no way there, there might be, there might be cappers out there good enough to go, you know what? It's a, I like this about Duke and I think they match up in, I'm going to take Duke. Uh, I don't see it. I, this I think the only angle yet for Duke, if Holmberg was going to play, was going to be taking a home dog midweek, getting 20 points. I don't give a shit if this game is at home, if it's away, if it's on the moon, if it's on an aircraft carrier. Don't. I'm care. trying to come up with a hypothetical argument for Duke. The argument would be just taking the 20 points at yeah, home, but Duke just, just is just too, a terrible football team. Yep, it's just the, like it's too many points. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, any thought on the total? I really can't have much of a thought if I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Duke, but I like the over if Holmberg plays. If not, I'll play it safe and take the Louisville team total over. About 40? Yeah, give or take. Okay. They should score at least six touchdowns in this game. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. And if they score that, I think they cover. Yeah. All right. Um, NBA? Well, as you know, I like the Warriors. Uh, but besides that, uh, going down the line, a lot of low totals, a lot of totals in the 200s. I'm looking at the under in the Denver and Philly game. Philly, we all know, is missing basically everybody. I know Tobias Harris came back about a week or two ago. Embiid is still out. What else is new? No. Simmons is still doing his thing, whatever that means. But you saw them get killed by 35 against Utah, only scored 85 points in that game. But Denver defensively, especially at home, has been really, really underrated. And mm -hmm. if you want to look at Denver's last couple of home games, it's very rare for their opponents to even score a hundred points. Yes. To look at those to look at those games here, uh, go in order of the last couple of home games for Denver and the points that they've allowed. Played Portland, allowed 95 points. Played Atlanta, allowed 96 points. Played Indiana, allowed 98. Played Miami, allowed 96. Played Houston, allowed 94. Played Dallas, allowed 75. Played the Cavaliers, allowed 99. Played the Spurs, allowed 96. So they have not allowed 100 points in a home game this season. I have to like the under, or at least a team total under for Philly. Because if you're not allowing triple digits in any of your home games, yep. why would I assume that an injury-riddled Philly team is going to break through and score 100? Yep, agreed. Uh, Louisville's, uh, Roland says Louisville's covered the first half last four games. Very good. Nathan's got Duke team total under, uh, yeah, somewhere around 20, 20 and a half, something like that. Uh, ugly NBA card today. And I'm not a fan. Uh, a couple of our automatic plays not there. I'm uh, looking at the blind unders. That was the case when we had the short NBA card a couple of days ago, I was just playing totals, but I'm looking at that team total under for Philly. Denver's defense at home has been fantastic. Yeah, they're playing. They're they're playing uh, horrific offense right now, as far as Philly goes. Yeah, and that's not is, their fault. I mean, they're missing all their best players, or for the most part. Yep, and that is that is quite a, quite a home stretch there. Of course, you know the, it wasn't the best of competition, but you can argue Philadelphia in their current uh, iteration is not the best of competition either. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Something something involving Denver in the under Philly team total under something in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, ben, I believe that is correct. I believe the the Clippers will win comfortably. Um, I just, I just, I basically, I'm not quite convinced of Memphis yet. I know they're, I know they're a team coming, and I know they've, uh, they played pretty well early. I really like the way this Clippers team has been playing. Um, 
they've been they've been pretty good on the road. I like them. Give me a give me pick them with the Clippers. I think they roll. Uh, I think roll's a strong word for the Clippers roll. because roll dominate full domination. I've mentioned before with the Clippers, and that actually applied against Miami in a couple of games ago. The Clippers are really not a good first half team at all. They get off to relatively slow starts and then really pick it up in the second half, which is kind of what they ended up doing in the playoffs last year. We know that come from behind win against the Jazz where they were down 20-something at the half and ended up winning the game. But it seems like the Clippers are really good at in-game adjustments, but they kind of go through the motions for the first half. Who's the coach of the Clippers? uh, Ty Lue. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You like Ty Lue a lot, right? I think he's actually pretty good. I, you roasted Ty Lue. Come on now. I roasted him because I thought a little bit low of him, but he ended up winning me over in the playoffs last year. I I'll, thought he actually did pretty good. I'll job, tell you the but... the, pro- the problem with this Clippers team is you got a lot of guys that are out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Win- Winslow's out. Uh, Batum. Well, Winslow's is, a non-factor. Batum is doubtful. Well, you're right. Uh, Morris is out. Batum is doubtful. I'm uh, trying to Terrence think if Batum and Morris matter that much, though, because that just gives more minutes to Terrence Mann, who I think should be getting more minutes anyway. Well, funny you I should say that Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann is questionable tonight with an ankle injury. So. Okay, well, either way, I like Memphis' first half in that game. I'm okay. going to stay away from the full game, but the Clippers have really gotten off to slow starts. I think Memphis at home against this level of competition will show up for at least 24 minutes, might fade down the stretch, but I think Memphis leads at the half. Okay, all right. Um, you talked about Golden State. I mean, how do you not like Golden State in that game? No, uh, I, just, I, I mean don't. you kind of have to. They're number one in offense and defensive efficiency. You know how impossible that is to do. That seems that seems like a a team that should win a lot of games. Yeah, I'll bet I'll bet the Warriors. You can really lay whatever you want. If the spread was twelve and a half, I probably still would have taken the Warriors. Nine and a half with Curry probable. Thank you very much. Yep, fair enough. Um, maybe the under in the Wizards Heat game. Maybe uh, I know that Miami is a team that defensively was a lot better to start the year. The Wizards had that offensive, well, relative no show against Charlotte, but I do think fatigue will play a bit of a factor because you're looking at both of these teams. They played yesterday, so they got a back to back there. Miami came from behind, and Washington was in a relatively close game. So they played the starters a decent amount. I'm expecting an ugly game there. Of course, for a total of 206, it kind of needs to be an ugly game. But I do think that the total is a little bit high. I like the under in that Wizards game. I do not think that both teams reach 100. College basketball, Scott. A lot of these uh, small, smaller tournaments getting underway. Got some basketball during the day. Uh, I'll, I'll give one to kick off. I like the uh, I like the underdog in the uh, UW-Milwaukee game um, against Florida. Florida laying about about 16 and a half. Um, this, this Milwaukee team, Scott, they're better than you think. They've got, they've got a kid that's going to go certainly first round, maybe top 10 in Pat Baldwin. Um, they've got, of course... Top 10's a stretch, but he should be a first rounder. Gonna be, uh, he's going to be very close. Good, he's a good, good basketball player, a lot better basketball player than you think is, you're going to find on the Milwaukee roster. How about that? Uh, of course, you, you, you've got Golson there. Um, they've got to figure out what to do, obviously, with Castleton. He's been a monster for Florida. But I, I just think uh, this this Florida team has some backcourt questions. They've got a UMK transfer, UMKC transfer kid in there that's uh, uh, kind of working through it. they got the other guards from George, uh, Charleston Southern. And 
So I, I like Milwaukee catching some serious points here at 16 and a half. And that I'm going to stay that away from that. That one starts pretty soon, by the way. Florida minus 14 and a half kind of caught my eye last night because I thought there would be money on Florida. It came in. I'm just not interested anymore. One game I'm going to ask you about, though, of course, people wonder about letdown spots in college sports. You got Marquette taking on Ole Miss. Marquette, of course, pulled off the upset against Illinois. You had the tremendous steal. Forced, I believe, 26 turnovers in that game. I really like this Ole Miss team, and this Ole Miss team is very underrated. They're laying three and a half. I'm expecting a letdown spot for Marquette, especially traveling on the highway mm-hmm. for this matchup after that very, very competitive, where, I know this crazy is ne- atmosphere in Milwaukee. This is back. neutral. Where is it? Uh, looking at this matchup, let me see where this is located. But anyway, yeah. Uh, just in general, are you expecting a letdown spot from the Rebels here? I think you abso- I mean, not from the uh from the Golden. Yeah, Eagles. I think you absolutely have to look at this being being a letdown spot. They uh, really stepped up there, like you said, and played and played well against Illinois with the with the last minute victory there. But this is an Ole Miss team that you know the jury's the jury's still out. They haven't. This is going to be their first quote unquote real game. They've rolled over. It's to- in Charleston, South Carolina, by the way. Okay. All right. Oh, the, oh, that's the same one that the uh, okay. The, yeah, you, you, it's uh, a tournament of some kind or some you, classic. Or yeah, it's, a, it's it's the Chant. Uh, well, they were playing on the Chanticleers court earlier, but that wouldn't be Charleston anyway. Okay. Either way, the question yes. is: Do you think yes. Marquette is a letdown? I do. Yes, I think this. I think this Ole Miss team is very good. I think I, they're. Yeah, I agree. They can uh, they can move the move the ball offensively. I think they're going to be um, uh, maybe even more efficient than Illinois was the other night. I think um, with the points, I uh, yeah, I'm solid with that. I think we're I think we're catching I think we're catching good value. I think this without that win the other night, if Marquette would have just kept that close, lost by five to seven, I think this this number is probably closer to six. I agree. I think it'd be closer to around five or six. But one question that I actually want to ask you is a little bit of a trap line potentially, but I'm going to talk about it. Ohio State minus two and a half against Xavier. Now both these teams are undefeated. Ohio State looked absolutely hideous for the first game and a half. Ended up winning against Akron one against Niagara, and then killed Bowling Green in the third game. But two and a half for a ranked team definitely has a trap line written all over it. Mm -hmm. Do you think Xavier wins outright? Because I'm still leaning Ohio State, but that line does seem a little bit telling, does it not? does seem like that's a gaping tailpipe just waiting for a banana, doesn't it? Uh, Yes, does feel that way. Uh, I, I wouldn't. That just seems like such an obvious play that I'm staying away from it. I, I might take a sniff on I, I, Xavier I'm not saying Moneyline. I'm going to I just thought it was worth talking about because I'm sure a lot of people are looking at Ohio State going ranked team minus two and a half all day, every day. But I am kind of curious if you think there's a chance or at least maybe a shot of Xavier just taking it to him because Ohio State has definitely looked vulnerable up to this point. Ben Campbell's is Oregon vibes. Very possible. Yes. Never again. <laughs> you're dead to me you ducks dead to me man. stm network says i'm late they already give their opinion on the argentina liga national basketball game scott did you check in on that i have not whatever team luis scola plays for if he's still playing basketball is ginobili playing I, I, i'm curious if any of these guys went back to argentina to just play recreation oscar schmidt oh that was brazil brazil yeah. uh, he was the 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 three-point shooter extraordinaire yeah, Nets drafted him. He never played for us. Fair enough. All right, let's get a rock and roll in here, buddy. We've got just time for one more thing, and that is going to be, what is it, Scott? It's time for the farm. It is. It's time to put on your straw hats, get on your John Deere tractor, fire that bad boy up, and give me a little yeehaw as we get ready to bet that farm. 
Scott, we found the we found the new Citadel. And how they do for us yesterday? We ended up taking the over. And whether there were five extra minutes involved or not, I don't remember. The game went over. There you go. That's a farm winner, folks. Yeehaw! All right, there it is. That was a bet the farm winner. We had Long Beach State over. And because Scott read that one, he's going to read this one. Scotty, what do we got cooked up for today's farm? So it's only fitting as Thomas tells us with an exclamation point, fade the public. We're looking at the Patriots. Minus six and a half because we are square city over here. We know that the primetime games have been pretty favorable to the underdog. And we really wanted to make a case for Atlanta. We really couldn't do it. We just despise this Atlanta team. They're an awful football team. I say you despise them more than I do. They are they well, are they're going not into good. the year. I said they would come in last place in their division. And that definitely looks like it's going to be the case. But Atlanta to go through their season. They've lost two of the last three. They lost to the Cowboys last week by 40 in that game. Patriots, meanwhile, since we said they were going to make the playoffs, we did the opposite of the radio show jinx. They haven't lost since. They've won each of their last four games. Three of those wins have come by at least 18 points. On top of that, the Falcons' best offensive player this season has been Cordero Patterson, who is doubtful with an ankle sprain. So the running backs right now, are going to be Mike Davis, who's been a complete non-factor, and Wayne Gallman. That's all they got. Not to mention the fact New England's defense has been crazy lately with the interceptions force, the sacks, the turnovers. They're really just a great unit. And Damian Harris missed the last game with a concussion. He is back. So I do think that the Patriots should roll here. I know it's very difficult to take a favorite in primetime football because the underdogs have done very well. And I understand that. This Falcons team without Corderell Patterson should really struggle to score at least 17 points, in my opinion. Mac Jones looked really good last week. They killed Cleveland. Give me the Patriots with a healthy running back unit. I think they'll win this game handily. All right, there you go. I'm uh, I'm definitely on the uh, on the same side. I I think the Patriots have a little more offense than I mean. I think the Falcons may have a little more offense than you do. Although I did like the over a lot more with Patterson playing without him playing. That certainly. Uh, Certainly uh, changes my opinion about the total score. It doesn't change my opinion about the Patriots dominating this game. I think I'm just not sure what Matt Ryan's supposed to do because they don't have many weapons besides Pitts, and you know that Belichick's going to game plan solely for Pitts if Patterson does not play. They scored three points last week against Dallas's defense. Yeah. I have some serious question marks about Atlanta's offense. Yep, not good at all. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. That's going to do it for Bet the Farm. Hope you guys had some fun. Maybe uh, we we learned something from each other. You guys always have a lot of great information. I have one of the best handicapping communities anywhere on the internet, and I appreciate you guys showing up each and every day here and in the comment section, dropping your knowledge and your plays. Thanks very much. Wish you guys nothing but the best. Good luck tonight, today, on all of your plays. Appreciate everybody joining us. Come back and see us tomorrow as we do it all again as Scott and I head back to the window. Take care, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.